Welcome to another episode of NY Jets Fans Podcast with hosts Davin, Sharman, and Chris. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Jets Fans Podcast, Instagram at NY Jets Fans Podcast as we get into another week of football. Uh, Friday, as of uh, Friday, Flacco, Joe Flacco is signed with the Jets for $1.5 million. Uh, could potentially be $4.5 million, but he say, the Flacco said he will not be ready to play until – well, he won't be ready to play when the season starts. So, uh, Chris, how how uh, is it a good move for the Jets, and what can Flacco bring to this team? I I, I thought it was a good move. Uh, we didn't have really a veteran backup behind uh, Donald, and I I think he would definitely have an advantage if he does have a good veteran quarterback behind him. Um, it's also a guy, you know, he's a veteran quarterback. He's a proven winner. Uh, he's been to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, actually. Um, so he's he's been through it. He's won. But I think he's at the stage of his career that, you know, he I think he realizes, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be a starter anymore. I could be a good backup. I could be a mentor towards somebody, you know, to a young quarterback coming up. So I, I think he knows his his value or his role now. So I think that's a good thing. You know, it's not like bringing in a guy who's still hungry and wants to start. I don't know if that's really what uh, Flacco wants anymore. Uh, so I, I think this is a it's a great opportunity for him. It's a great opportunity for Donald. It was a great signing in my you know my mind. He's not going to be ready for Week One, so probably what's his name fail. It's probably going to stick around until uh, Flacco's ready. I would assume you know. So we have a somewhat of a backup behind uh, Donald, and um, just cross our fingers we won't need to see any backups this year play. Mm. So. Uh, hopefully, Donald plays a yeah. full six-game season, you know, and uh, so I, I think it's a it's it's a win-win. Hopefully, he's back not too much after week one, but this is great. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, this off-season, I think one of the uh, topics that we have uh, kind of gleaned is the fact that we need some kind of mature backup quarterback. We need a veteran guy. And uh, Flacco kind of fits the bill, you know, when you think about the fact that he's gone to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, um, he's not in his prime anymore, his, kind of his career is kind of on, his, uh, on the backside of his career right now. Um, I know that he's not going to be physically available, but what he could do for Donald, um, game planning-wise, uh, the conversations about off, uh, off defenses and what he sees on the field, Sometimes those conversations between quarterback and coach is uh, like you speaking to your teacher and uh, your, you know, your stu- the student sitting right next to you kind of has more of a better view of how things could play out, especially if he's been playing quarterback for a long period of time. I think that I think that plays more into um, into kind of a stable. A sound or a sounding board for a, a younger quarterback. So I love, I, li- I like the signing. Um, I think, I think, I hope he gets uh, ready physically uh, sooner rather than later, uh, because I think he could be more a uh, really stable in force for the Jets' offense uh, this season. Um, I think, I think, in all, in all, in general, uh, shout out to our good friend Vince. Um, he said it. He said it best when uh, Sam Darnold against the uh, Patriots when he said he was seeing ghosts, uh, <laughs> and he was mad at uh, Gaze. Um, 
maybe maybe from Flacco he could ask him about what about what about these ghosts or <laughs> him not seeing that field well, you know, and, and how he can handle it. And Flacco is a, a good veteran. Um, he's a Super Bowl champion, and and he will be able, I think, to take to take Donald in that right direction to to hopefully be a champion like like he is. But and but we know Donald is is good, but he can only get better from there. So having Flacco with him will will help him out. Most definitely, absolutely. So uh, yeah, so uh, Charmin, um, let's let uh, let's let's review uh, uh, the Jets' offensive line. I, I know you I know you've been doing your homework on on Beckton, uh, Van Roten, and and Connor McGovern. Um, could you could you give could you give uh, us a quick take on on this offensive line, like a quick review? Yeah, um, I know we had kind of a flash. Kind of, we went through it a little bit uh, a couple of episodes ago, uh, but I, I wanted to after the draft um, really look deep into what uh, what this means for the future of the Jets. I mean, I know Rome wasn't built in a day, but what uh, our GM has done is kind of uh, re-electrify a position oppositions on our uh, on this NFL uh, team that's been kind of uh, looked over by a past by the past GM or past GMs. Um, for the first time, we have a higher-end center since we had, um, since we had, uh, uh, what's his name? Mango. Mango, you know, and that's sad. You know, as an organization, you can't go that long be- without a, a high-end center, especially when you're talking about having a young quarterback. You need to marry the two. So uh, that was a miss on 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 on, on the other uh, front offices uh, that that they really missed on that um, getting getting uh, uh, um, getting McGovern in in house. It's kind of uh, it was to me it was one of the main things that sh- that that we really needed to do uh, uh, that really uh, uh, attacking the free agency. Uh, period of the off season exactly where the Jets needed it to be was uh was awesome in my in my point of view and uh McGovern would fit right in uh to what Gates likes as a, a center. So uh that's a great that's a great addition right there. Um of course Harrison would probably be the backup. Um that's one position uh we're talking about uh, left tackle. We know uh Beecham is no more um, so enter yes, Mackay Becton, which we hope is going to be our left tackle for the next 10, 12, 15 years. Um, the kid is, you know, I mean, <laughs> monster of a kid. Uh, his attitude is infectious. Um, um, lo- looks to be a really hardworking uh, kid. And, and I hope he turns into the he, all the goals that he, he wants to reach in the NFL. I hope... Uh, I hope he reaches them because then that would mean, in turn, uh, uh, the Jets would be good for that. Um, uh, we also signed Greg um, George Fant, uh, formerly of Seattle. Uh, that was a kind of a controversial uh, pick uh, because people said that he's not that good of a guy. We paid him. Uh, Chris, I, I can't remember what the numbers are. If you could look them up to uh, what his contract was. Um, but um, for me, I um, 
I saw certain a put I saw potential in him. Uh, I know that uh, in the in the first couple of years that he was with Seattle, he did not play particularly well. But last season, uh, looking at certain breakdowns of his film, you could see that he was growing as a as a tackle, and he was he was uh, getting much better. Um, Sean, I real think quick, I, three years, twenty seven million. Yeah, yeah. Three years, twenty-seven million. You're talking about that. You're talking about how many, how much a year here? Um, uh, that's kind of you're talking about. Kind of what are you talking about? Like second tier pay for a tackle? Yeah, but um, and yeah. also too after this year, if he's you know if if he turns out to be not good, they could cut him because he's got dead cap hits. Year two, two million, and year three, one million. So if they cut so him, it's not right. Yeah. It's not bad. So it's not that bad of a contract than than people were saying because I heard there was a lot of talk. Right, there was a lot of talk going around about about how that was a bad contract. But again, um, we try to deal in facts here at the Jets Fans Podcast. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, He's not as bad as everybody made out made him out to be. Yes, there's bad film out there of 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 George Fant. But I think he played a lot of games where you could see that there's an upside to the guy, and uh, and um, and I think our GM was was reaching for the you know was you know was hitting for the the bleachers if you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a choice in in these circumstances when you enter into a situation where you have a young quarterback and you're trying to give him all that you try you you want to give him. You know, under the circumstances you have, he needs the protection and he needs, you know, the time in the pocket to throw the ball. Uh, you try to give him the best you can. So, I mean, I understand why George Pant was a reach, uh, uh, what, what people say was a reach, but I also understand mm-hmm. why uh, our Joe Douglas uh, went for him. Um, uh, re-signing up Alex Lewis, um, I think he was more one of the more stable interior players <laughs> whilst our line was falling apart uh, last year. I'm, I'm again, he is not a top tier guard. There's a lot about, there's a lot of things about him that is average. I think he is more of an average. I think you would like somebody like Alex Lewis to be more of a backup, but we, we, I mean, we, <laughs> um, I think I'm going to, um, whilst listing these players, I think, I think uh, I keep hearing the echo of Joe Douglas's voice. The best five, the best five, the best five, and and he's gonna line up all these guys, and he's gonna put up put the best five players on the field at any given time. So, so I, he might just end up being a backup. Who knows? Uh, but he was assigned. He he was resigned. Uh, he played left guard for us last year, and he might be back there. Uh, Greg Van Roten was signed. Uh, Greg, Greg Van Roten is interesting because he could play both guard and tackle. Because at one point I think he played right tackle. So, so again, um, not only is he able to fill in a certain spot, but he could also branch out and you know swing to a different position and help out the offensive line in case of injuries. So you know, there's a lot of thought that go that went into a lot of the signings that. Uh, Joe Douglas made on offensive line. If you, if you follow, uh, follow what he did. Of well, course, Winters. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Just real quick, just to add what you're saying is, I think w- with all their with all their uh, contracts outside of McGovern's, 
after the first year, he could cut bait on any of these guys. So right, I, right. He, right. They might be two-year deals, three-year deals, but they're really only one-year deals because he can't cut bait after one year if they're bad. But the thing is, they bring he's bringing in veteran guys that could probably do the job, and he's hoping they do the job to at least get us to next year. And then next year, you know what? We'll draft another right. one and maybe even sign a, a better guy, you know? So Exactly. You know, it's all about the future and, and obviously present day, too, with him. Yes. And also yes. it's so, about upgrading. So go right yeah. ahead. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so um so we have we have Van Roten and we had Winters that uh everybody had been uh kind of uh saying over and over that they might cut. Um that but that hasn't happened. So he might still remain as our right guard. Um um maybe Van Roten stays our right guard, but there's a comp there's competition right there. So the best man will win uh the position. The position here, you know, and then whoever's gonna who loses, they end up being the backup here. Uh, at at right tackle, um, we have uh, we have Chuma Doga, um, a name that I think that's a little forgotten. I know that he had an up and down season, a little bit more down than up, but he was a rookie. And uh, in my opinion, um, I think it's I think we should give him a shot, uh, see if he could fit in, you know. You know, if he if he fits in, in my opinion, you know, um, that would make that would make of a, a younger guy with a lot of incredible potential at a at a position of need. So, um, uh, Chumadega Odogo, you could also probably put Fant to back him up because Fant is a tackle that could swing. He played both sides uh, before, so he could do that. Um, I think we have an undrafted free agent uh, that actually was a name that came up a couple times on. Uh, some of the scouts boards that I that I follow uh, in uh, Hilbers, I think his name is. Um, that 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 might be somebody that we should, we might you know that might be our backup, also, you know. So so I and and not forgetting uh, Cameron Clark, that was drafted out of uh, Charlotte, uh, UNC Charlotte, I think it was. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I think it was uh, uh, I can't remember who it was. I was I was looking at. They said that uh, that um, he is a gritty, uh, very strong, very feisty interior um, um, tackle. He played tackle, but you could tell that the way he plays, it kind of fits with. Uh, I, I just keep hearing like he might they might move him, kick him into guard. So um, so that's a that's a potential that 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 he has also. So. So in, in summary here, I think um, if you kind of go through the list of all the changes, it seems like more than anything that our, the offensive line is just a massive upgrade at almost every position. And if it's not an upgrade, it's a massive amount of competition so that the best five could go on the field at, any, at, um, at the time, uh, at the starting of the season. So, I mean, uh, this is an awesome outlook. As a Jets fan, I think I think our our G, our GM did exactly what we needed. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty excited to see how this pans out. I think the most important thing is that these guys could play more than one position, just in case another guy needs to rest. We we have more than one option. It's not just for same five, you know, for 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 twenty plays. <laughs> you know, they get tired. You need some other guys to come in. So. I think it works out. You have you have just like you said, Cameron Clark. He can play the tackle and the guard. 
You have Makai Becton plays the, plays the tackle, and you have Alex Lewis backup, and and it's good to have Harrison as the backup center because that's who Darnold connected connected with on the last eight games. Yes, he's not a a starter, but he but he's a guy that if you need for two three plays, he can he could get it done. You know, and that's the and that's the type of players you you need. So I just I just think out of out of anything. Just to have that back, just to have backups, just in case if you do have your starting five, is, is better than anything else. To me, the, the so. biggest challenge for the Jets right now, since we have all new guys on that offensive line, is how they the quicker, how long it's going to take for them to gel as as a unit. You know, once they do Agreed. get that starting five, whoever it may be, you know, we got an idea of who they're probably going to be, but who knows with injuries. <laughs> Let's not even get into the injuries. Yeah, let's not lay. Let's not go to the. Let's hope that we don't have injuries because more than anything, the most important thing about getting an offensive line together is uh, chemistry and continuity. Uh, These two things mean more than anything else. Um, uh, Davin, the um, unfortunately, um, offensive line. um, One of the reasons why offensive line men are so important is not only because it's probably one of the only positions on the of only four or five positions on the field where they're not really interchangeable. You don't want a multitude of guys playing at one at those positions at any given time. You want all of them playing every time so that they could almost tell what each other's going to do before they do it. So it becomes kind of everybody moves in unison, you know. And, I'm not um, saying like 20 plays or anything, right. Charmin. I'm just saying like, like you know, these guys like, like one of them has to take 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 a good rest. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just like, oh, okay, like you know how timeouts you get the the little 30 second timeouts, the one minute timeouts. They need they Gatorades or whatnot. They go, they you know, these guys are big. These are not like running backs that's running 90 to 100 yards, even though. The, of course, the lineman does as well. Whatever. I'm just saying that it's just good just in case if something does happen and one guy has to rest for a play or two, that it is good that something is just something to have. I, that's oh, what I I'm agree. saying. Like, oh, no, no. I, I, I'm I, not I saying, understand what you're right. saying. But yeah, I, never yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Right, right. Exactly. That's the only thing I'm saying is, like, let's let's just look look at it as not just not just to have, have guys and then we ain't got no, no damn body. Look at the guys we had last season. <laughs> we had no damn body. It comes down to, you know, building chemistry, and I just hope that these guys right. have the opportunity to build chemistry, you know, with the yes. camp opening. No injuries, yep. Right, no injuries. And yeah, no and it's still going to take about half the season for them guys to gel. Yeah, exactly. Even, even with a full camp, no injuries, it's still going to take them, you know, a, a good part of the season to gel together. But hopefully, you know, during that process, they're not a total mess. You know, they're yes. somewhat Agreed. together, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yep. hopefully, hopefully exactly. there's not like three running, three defensive players in the backfield in 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 a half a <laughs> second. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every exactly. time, there like last goes. year. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, let's move on to some NFL talk. Uh, just a quick take. Uh, Carlos High signed with the Seahawks for one year. Um, how Chris, how important is how important it is for the Seahawks to have a veteran guy uh, like Carlos Hyde to be on that team? I think it's very important, and you know what, he had a good season last year. He did have over a thousand yards, just over a thousand. So he had a pretty decent season for uh, Houston. 
Uh, Seattle had their issues with the running backs, too, last year. A lot of guys were hurt. They were down to, I think, their third and fourth string running back by the end of the year. So, like what we were just talking about, our offensive line, uh, the depth that we got now, I think, with Seattle, that's great. You know, to add a, a veteran guy who's a proven running back, 1,000-yard running back, he's not – I mean, he's 29. You know, he's going to be 30. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. He'll be 30 in September. So he, he will be entering his 30s season, his 30-year season, uh, year 30 season, excuse me. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's generally where they start to, you know, go down after 30. But, uh, yeah. you know what, he doesn't have a lot of carries on him either. I mean, and this guy's not going to be X to carry 20 carries a game either. So I think it's going to be a running back by committee over in Seattle. I think everybody's going to get a decent amount of carries there. So uh, I think it's a good move, man. Very good move. He's a good running back. Yeah, I think it, it's so funny in my opinion. Um, um, uh, you guys know the love I have for uh, Russell Wilson. Um, and I hate the... Uh, there, I, there's no negative feelings to me towards the, the running back. I, I don't think it's their fault. I think it's the front offices and the offensive coaches with the let's run the ball into a nine box, into a nine-man box or eight-man box. I mean, you know, and they just keep loading up on running backs. The kid does not need more running backs. (laughs) I, I, Come on, man. Build him an offensive line, for heaven's sake. It is ridiculous, in my opinion. And he, his level of play never dips, and that's the reason why they could sustain the kind of, you know, you know, winning percentile that they have over the last see of the over the last few seasons is because their quarterback just keeps playing better and better every season, you know, or he just keeps playing at such a high level that he basically carries them through bad patches, you know, through injuries, through a bunch of injuries, through everything, you know, you just give it to him, you know, give the ball to him and he takes over and he, you know, thirty some touchdowns, single digit interceptions every season. You know, never, never puts his team into this. And then they just, you know, nothing against, nothing, nothing against the, you know, um, new signee, you know, which I think is a good, he's, he's a good, I think he's a good mix, you know, because he could run the ball, but he's a very good receiver of the football. So I think that could play into uh, uh, Russell Wilson's hand a little bit, a little bit in my opinion, but, you know. Just get it for uh, Carson, you know, Carson's yeah. He had 1,200 yards last year, so that's a good, uh, good insurance guy behind him, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I, and like you said, I think I think I think he kind of plays in the fact that he could do both things. He could run the ball, and he's a pretty good receiver. So he's basically a kind of a a, a really good backup to um, for um, for Carson. So yeah, I like it. But like I said, I just wished that they would kind of focus on more on, on the offensive line and give Russell Wilson a little bit more pass protection uh, a juice than they, than they have in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, that's a good signing overall. Uh, they do need like a one-two punch. I guess they, they like they one-two punch on the running back side. Uh, yeah, more, more, more protection for, for, for Wilson. Because, yes, Wilson can run, but – so much, <laughs> so much you can go and so much you can hide. So, yeah, uh, get get the man some protection. 
he done and he paid that offensive line with uh what Amazon stocks, you probably call it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think that's so, what he gave them, right? Yeah. Yes, he gave him Amazon stock. So please, uh, pretty good. Give that man some, give, give the man some protection, if, especially if he's helping out that offensive line. That's not the best. <laughs> um, let's move on. Uh, so camps, so camps opening up in June, um, as expected, and coaches are allowed to report to facilities next week, as early as next week. Um, Sharman, how important it is for these coaches to come back to the facilities and for the camps to open up. Massively important, man. Uh, the implementation of an offense, in, in, especially with the teams that are having new coaches uh, coming in, uh, that, that's, that's more than important, man. They need to get on their horse real fast, um, get the players, uh, uh, you know, um, into, you know, how their offenses work and start implementing plays, you know. So it will – all, all, all those things are, are – very necessary, man. Um, it's gonna. We we kind of spoke on on it uh, at the start of this whole pandemic. Unfortunately, uh, we said that uh, whenever the NFL season starts, the teams that with more continuity, unfortunately, are the ones that are gonna shine. In our opinion, because they've played together for long enough and they kind of understand their systems more, and there's there's not gonna be that whole uh, you know you know, growing pains, stuff that you normally go through in the first season of an offense. Um, people keep forgetting that our quarterback, Sam Donald, this is the first time since he's entered the NFL that he will play two seasons with the same offensive coaching, you know, so that might play well into his hand, you know, and in my opinion, I will probably, I'm probably not the first one to say it, but um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Sam Donald is going to be the quarterback we think he's going to be this season is going to show off a little bit uh, uh, what, what a lot of us fans have said that he is in our opinion. So, um, uh, but, but it is, it is massively um, um, important that, that they start as, as quickly as possible to implement not only uh, um, the, the playbooks, but for the teams to start getting ready and get chemistry together too, man, I mean, that, that's, that's important too. So let's see how that goes. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's going to be especially important for teams that have a lot of new players, such as ours, I would say. Uh, we were just talking about the offensive line. We have a, a couple of new corners as well, receivers. So I think um, it, for teams like ours, and any other team that added a lot of players that had a big turnover in players and coaching, say like Dallas. Dallas had a big turnover with coaching, obviously, with a new head coach. Uh, those are the teams that I think it's very important to get these guys in as quick as possible and get them working on the season. And, and then finally, the, the players to come in so they could start uh, learning these new offenses or new players learning the offenses of the new teams as well. So, um, I think it's very important. I, I think, but this also gives teams like Kansas City. I think we spoke about this already. Kansas City, or even San, the two teams that were in the Super Bowl, have great advantages because they didn't have that big turnover in players or coaching. You know, they're coming back with basically the same team, um, and they were the two best teams in the league last year. So they're coming back and they're fine. <laughs> you know, like no matter when they start. Right. So true. Uh, that's something to look at early in the season too. Yep. Great. I agree. I just, I just hope it, it all works out. You know, it's not just that. 
It's also uh, they they talking about the fans coming back. Uh, they talking about having a full stadium when the season starts on the pandemic, and you know, hopefully it it calms down to go to that point. But I don't. I, I'm just hoping that these owners is is. I know it's money. It's a revenue thing, and it's money. I'm just hope. I'm I'm just like even if y'all do it at a fifty percent capacity, that's that's still a, a good start. You know, I just I just take it as I take it as for the full stadiums, like just take a L. Like you already lost lost money. You know, like just take a just take the loss. Give us fans our football and please, like please, just <laughs> just please, like just give us sports. Like we like the sports is, is killing me without sports right now. I'm just I'm literally oh. going crazy right now. <laughs> I think you know what I think with the the owner I think it was the owner of Miami that said it that he's expecting a full um a full crowd and everything but I I just think it's more wishful thinking than anything else on the part of the owners saying oh yeah we're going to have you know a full uh, full crowds at most of the stadiums like they don't know I mean we nobody really knows how it's going to be in September unfortunately with this pandemic thing we don't know it because they're saying that there, there might be a second wave. It's going to be even worse than the first wave. So if that happens, yeah. are they going to really allow, you know, for a big group to be going to a game and stuff like that? So I, I think it's great that the that the uh, that the league is saying, yeah, we're going to have, you know, full stadiums with with crowds and everything else. I think it's great that they're saying that, and that's good positive thinking. But I think on the other hand, we got to say, okay, let's. We'll we'll believe it when we see it. Basically, you know, let's yes. when September comes and October comes, let's see where we're at. Because we, I don't think anybody knows. I don't think there's the scientists or the doctors or the you know the politicians. Nobody really knows right now what's going on. It seems like every week we get different answers. You know, everything is going in that mm. direction right now. You know, cities are opening up and and all that. We we have phase one, phase two, phase three. So it's all great, but. Couple of uh, September's a long way to go, man. From for this, so I yes. think positive thinking, no doubt, and I'm hoping it's that way. But we just don't know at this point. So, okay. yeah. um, let's let's move along. Uh, Dallas Cowboy fans are are very pissed off at the Dak Prescott situation, and they saying start Andy Dalton, uh, <laughs> Charmin. How? <laughs> Should the Cowboys fans wait until Dak Prescott signed his contract, or or should the office listen? The office and the coaches listen to the fans and start Andy Dalton. I think I think there's enough pundits on TV and radio that make fun of uh, Cowboy fans. I don't need to do the same. Uh, <laughs> I I I you know I I mean that. We've we've skinned this cat. We've, we've we've skinned this cat in so many different ways. Uh, uh, sorry to my uh, apologize to my kitten. <laughs> I don't mean didn't mean to say that, but <laughs> you know I I'm just you know a lot It's just crazy to me that you know if you're a football fan of an organization that's been around for so long and they have such a rich history like they do that you don't know what's going on here. It's a negotiation. It's plain and simple. There's no bad guy here, you know. I mean, you could say that the Cowboys, like we've been saying for weeks now, 
that they've they missed the boat on signing the quarterback and and therefore they basically created this whole thing because they didn't sign him when they were supposed to you could say that you know or you could you know or because all this thing about oh Dak wants a bunch of money and stuff like that i keep saying this over and over again this information is basically tailored towards fans to turn the fans against the player because it's not in the player's best interest to spread numbers out because nobody, everybody that's a fan of football, most of us are just poor middle-class or lower income players and people, you know, hearing a guy talking, having conversations about getting 20, 30, 40 million dollars a year is not really something we want to talk about, you know? So space it too. He's asking for, he is looking for a good amount of money. Well, he's looking for, and, 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 this is the, and this is where I think uh, the separation of the conversation is, in my opinion. He is looking for top-tier quarterback money. Right. That's it. Which, in my opinion, if you have the leverage as a quarterback in the NFL, especially a starting, quali- a starting caliber quarterback, I think, in my opinion, you have the, you have the right to get that and and miss me with the whole oh um the team needs the money stuff because this is the front office's fault that's their job to fig to kind of you know um uh, uh kind of uh work out a way that everybody gets paid you know that's not the quarterback's fault everybody's like oh tom brady took cuts you know what tom brady never had worries about money because his wife is a millionaire several times over you know what i mean why? Yeah, well, you understand. So, 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 so that's not a that's not a good combination. Um, you know, you can't compare oh, yeah. Tom Brady to everybody, especially the fact that Dak Prescott was a a, a fourth round pick. You know that that never that never has never really um that never really gotten paid before. You know he's this is his only opportunity to get money. Number one, number two, we keep we we always talk about this thing, these contracts like they're set in stone. No, they're not. They're not. Dak Prescott could get thirty something million or forty million dollars this year. And trust me when I tell you, if for any reason Zach Prescott's uh, uh, performance dips anywhere below what an elite quarterback would be, the Dallas Cowboys would rework, we would, would rework his contract, and then he's he basically would become a middle tier paid quarterback. It's Teams do that all the time. Listen, he knows. They, they cut money out of other players all the time. So, so in my opinion, this whole argument about fans getting mad and oh, oh, they're done with that. You're just falling for the team's the team's trap. The team is using you against the player at this moment. Listen, the player just wants get... to negotiate what he wants to negotiate. And I'm <laughs> betting, I'm betting money. It's nothing more than than like about probably 30, 35 mil a year. Which is what he's the getting, top quarterback in the league would get. Listen, bottom line is he's in no rush to sign a contract because he knows he's getting paid regardless. He's already got the franchise tag this year. So that gets him what? Like thirty-one million. Next year, right. let's say if this drags out and next year they don't come to an agreement, they're gonna put the franchise tag on him again. Okay. Bro, and then remember, gets, Chris, the CBA, the CBA. Right, we can't right, only no. do it one time. No, no, but with the franchise tag you can with the same guy. Okay, but oh, okay. you can, okay. but gotcha. the but the but the salary is going to be like 
I, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure on the percentages, but it's going to go up on a yes. good amount. Like he's going to go from 31 like 40, million like to like close. almost 40. Yeah, right. 40 so something. it's going to yeah. be crazy. So he's he knows deep in his head. He's saying, and his agent is probably telling, listen, let them fool around whatever they want, because either way, you're going to get 31 million this year. You're going to get about 40 million next year. So you're going to get 70 million over the next two years, and if they say, you know what, I don't want to deal with this anymore. We're not going to franchise tag him. We're just going to, we're just going to let him go to free agency. Then he's <laughs> really going to cash in, right? But some yeah, team right. is going to get desperate, and I can and tell you one thing: boatload of money. Right, one team right off the bat I can think about right now is the Colts because oh Rivers we talked about is probably a one-year deal, okay, and he's done. So even if in another year or two they're going to be looking for a quarterback, and boom. they have the money. Right, and here's this guy served on a silver platter if that happens. But yeah. I don't think Dallas doing that. They're probably going to franchise. They franchised them already this year. They're probably not going to come to an agreement. So maybe next year they'll come to a better agreement. I don't know, but they'll franchise them again. They won't do it a third time because the third time is like a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, it's going to be fifty something mil. Yeah, yeah, which which won't happen. So no, he knows, and his agent knows that he's getting paid. It may not be this year. It's a little different than with Adams, right? With Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams wants his paid, wants his money right now, today, right? He doesn't want to wait next year or the year after. The Jets are like, hey, we want you here, but we want to save some money this year. We'll pay you next year, you know? So it is what it is. Different situations, different positions, but you know what? Dak knows he's getting his money. So that's why he's like, you know, he's not, you don't hear him saying anything. You know, nope. uh, he said a word. the internet or anything. He's not doing interviews where I want to be paid. He knows I'm getting paid regardless. If it's <laughs> Dallas next year and this year or it's some other team, I'm still going to get my money. It's just a matter of from who. That's all. <laughs> True. Yeah. We'll and see. the fans got to we'll realize that. I get, you know, I'm sorry, real quick. I understand from the fans' point of view because if I have a quarterback that I really want, I want him to sign a long-term deal just like us. I want yep. Sam, Sam Donald to sign a 10-year deal. So I know, hey, this is our guy. He's set. We know he wants to be here with Adams, too. Like, I want Adams to sign a deal because I want him here. But the longer it goes, we know, and we've said it, the longer it goes without him signing a deal, it's going to get ugly. You know, we've already seen it get ugly, so it's definitely going to get ugly as it gets closer to, to his free agency year. So, but I want it done. I want it signed. I hate all this you know, oh, I want this much, I want to, you know, and then the, the team is like, yeah, we want him to be a jet for life, you know, but I know business is first, you know, this is a business, it's not a sport. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Exactly. Business is business. Yeah. Can't miss business and pleasure together. There you there go. You go. <laughs> <I know that. laughs> uh, before, before we get into the, the last topic, uh, I know why I just had a, a recent interview. Um, this was just like three minutes ago. Or an hour ago, um, he basically said that he wants to play again. Um, he wants to play, but he feel he feel as in he feel basically like he he devastated with the news and everything. But despite despite it being a career threatening neck injury, he still wants to play again. Um, just a quick take: Do y'all see him playing again his NFL career? Or do you see him uh, retiring? I hope he plays again. <laughs> you know, I because as a player, he's awesome. But um, I just don't think so. I mean, this is his second neck injury he's had. And, 
I mean, it would be great if he does because we sure as hell need a receiver, a proven receiver. But we've seen, we 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 have gone down this road before with him, and he's gotten hurt. He came back. He got hurt again now, I and mean, it's a neck injury. Um, I I mean, I'm praying for him. I hope he does play, but I'm gonna think that he's not gonna play again. I just think, uh, unfortunately, those injuries have kind of made it up, made up, made up. Uh, should have just made up his mind. Uh, I understand his competitive nature wouldn't let him just walk away, but he had he has to look at his future, you know. And if the diagnosis is what it is, which is what it what it was scoliosis or something like that, where it's basically deteriorating bone, uh, yes. I think I don't I don't think I don't think he has a a a, a, a future in NFL football. So, uh, like Chris said, um, I'm praying for him. I hope he has a speedy recovery. But I don't think his his future is in football, man, and 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 that's really sad because the kid is is very talented. Uh man, then I wish you nothing but the best in Noah. Um, and I hope you and I hope you do get to play again. But it just can't be with with the Jets. Um, I know you want to be a Jet for life, like you say in your interview, but it just can't be with this team. Um, you're getting six point one million dollars guaranteed this year, and four point one million dollars. And if you decide to retire, uh, you jeopardize your your salary. And I know you're not jeopardizing your salary. Uh, like I said again, this is Max's fault. But I'm not mad. But I'm not mad at what you what you did and all off to make it happen. Um, I wish you nothing but the best. But it just can't be with us. We have to move on. <laughs> um, okay. So, the, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry you're laughing, but the last topic, um, for 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 what I know, uh, the hot take has been the end of, because Tom Brady is gone is the AFC East quarterbacks. Um, so I'm gonna start it off with you, Chris. Uh, one 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 to four. Who do you see? Who who do you see could be the top quarterback for this season from one to four from from the teams? I, I still think Sam will probably be number one. I, I, I'm I'm not a full believer in Josh Allen, at least not to be the top quarterback in, in the division. Um, I think he could hang in for us. He could do what he did last year. Not overly impressive. Um, so I'm going to still go with Sam as number one. I'll, I'm going to go with Josh Allen as number two. Uh, mm-hmm. Number three, I guess, Fitzpatrick is going to start for Miami. I'm going to assume that he's going to start for Miami. Eventually, we'll probably see uh, Tua. And then who knows what he's going to do. Um, and Stidham is like, to me, he's the big, humongous question, question mark. mark. <laughs> because we don't know what he's going to do. We have no idea. I mean, last year, yeah, he threw the pick six to uh, Adams. And I think that was probably one or two of his only throws he did all, all of last year. So... Um, we yes. just don't know. Yeah, I mean, we just don't know what he's going to bring to the team. I mean, he could be really good. I mean, so far they still haven't signed anybody uh, except for Hoyer. I mean, we've seen Hoyer play. I mean, he's nothing. He's nothing to, to write home about either. Um, but um, if I mean, like I said, Stidham's a huge question mark. So I'm going to keep him fourth because. I don't know what he's going to do. So he could be really good. It could be really bad. He could be average. We just don't know. So he's the uh, big question mark. So I'm going to put him fourth. That would be me. Yeah. Um, 
I think I go, I, I'm, I'm in, and I'll chorus what, uh, what Chris just said, in my opinion, it is the same. I think, I think, uh, I think I, I don't know how you look at, uh, I know that Josh Allen has been the more, the, the winningness quarterback in the, I guess, but that's only because his team and coaching has been far greater than the, than what Sam Donald has to play with. What Sam has done with nothing is pretty ridiculous. Uh, uh, normal, no, normally rookie or sophomore quarterbacks playing under the, the, the rest he's been playing don't play at the level he has. Uh, uh, there's stats out there that says, uh, I think he had like down the stretch 13, in, 13 uh, touchdowns and four interceptions or something like that. Um, and uh, and he was like third or fourth behind, I think, Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, 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 Wilson. Rogers and uh, Mahomes. That that's the only three quarterbacks that were ahead of him when it comes to down the stretch quarter uh, touchdowns to interceptions. Uh, so so um, we're talking about a kid with with a, a, a leaky a leaky offensive line and and a, and a skills position that's uh, subpar. Um, give him a better offensive line. Give him a, a better skill position player, and he is the best quarterback in the AFC East, hands down, in my opinion. So I will go with him as number one. Uh, Josh Allen is the de facto number two, in my opinion, not only because he's on the better team. I think his efficiency, especially using his legs, kind of gives him a, 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 a leg up, you know, uh, pan in, pun intended, um, on, on, on the other guys. I think I think a combination of both Fitzpatrick and, and whatever um, – uh, uh, tour is going to be, I mean, what Tua was in college, if that's what he's able to do in the pros, he is, to me, he's going to be in the running to be ahead, in my opinion, ahead of uh, 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 Josh Allen and probably in, 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 in competition with Sam as a better offensive, but, but he's still better quarterback, but I think he's still a rookie and we don't know what he's going to do down in Miami. So, so I'm going to give my, I'm going to put the Miami quarterbacks at third and like Chris said, um, the huge question mark, uh, what Stidham is going to be. I mean, we know what that's, this offense is, you know. Um, uh, if you are accurate enough, I think you should be able to thrive in this offense. The offense was never built to throw a bunch of bombs down the field. It is more of a scheme where a scheme players open, a scheme situations where players get one-on-ones or get wide open. Uh, so it's perfect for a rookie coming in. So he could have a pretty good season, in my opinion. Uh, so, so I think um, I don't, I, I won't sleep on him. But the only reason why I'm putting him as fourth is because I don't, I just don't know what it's gonna be. Mm. All right. So, uh, and I now, gosh, I hate to say this. Um, all right, it's no excuses for you, Josh Allen, this year. You have Stefan Diggs. Um, you have you have a, a receiver that that can be able to do numbers. If if he's more ac- if he could be more accurate with Diggs, um, for this only for this season, I will go with Josh Allen as number one. Um, the reason why I will put Darnold at number two. Darnold is a is, is a is a good quarterback, great quarterback, but the the line needs to gel. Our wide receivers are still in question, other than Crowder. Um, 
and I and I and I and I need to see the wide receivers before changing my answer. So I will put Darnold at number two. Number three, uh, oh, that's this is gonna be tough. Um, ah, Fitzpatrick, uh, he has two, two, three great games, and then he goes to throwing five interceptions one game. Uh, and I don't know what Tua, I don't know what Tua is capable of doing. Uh, and I know what Bill Belichick is is about, so he might make that quarterback look good. Um, I think I think I'm gonna go with the Patriots quarterback, uh, Stuttle, Stedman, whatever his name is. I'm going with him number three, and number four I'm gonna go with the Dolphins quarterbacks. Gotcha. And I hate to say, and I hate to say that, but that's just my that's just my take. So I'm gonna have a different approach than uh, both of y'all. <laughs> there you go. So that's that's it for our podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter, Just Fans Podcast. Again, we love doing this for y'all. Give us some feedback. Um, please give us some feedbacks. Give us some ratings. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what we can improve on. Uh, trust me, we don't we don't we don't basically bitch and complain. We we do it for y'all. So please let us know and give us some feedback. Until next time, we're taking flight. Take flight. Take flight.